This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Good to have you on board Health Matters, everybody. I'm Daniel Martin. Welcome into the show, everybody. Now, when it comes to being more proactive about our health, the one silver lining of this whole pandemic has been the fact that we've got new appreciation for the power of the vaccine. But it's so interesting. I, for the last three years, I've been talking about this on my show. There's everything from the, the socioeconomic factors to the psychological aspects. Do you want to vaccinate? Do you understand it better? Are the health services communicating it to you clearly? Do you understand the power of what it can do? I mean, all these things we talked about nonstop for three years, right? And, and many, over time, I talked about not only is it just the COVID vaccine, but there are so many other vaccines that I've talked about with you guys for years. Pneumococcal, hepatitis, influenza. What can make a difference? And what is urgently needed now at this point in time? I want to zoom in on being more proactive about, for example, the influenza vaccination for the elderly in particular. Girdle, funny story. Huh? For 16 years, I've been hosting a health program. 16 years, I've been interviewing doctors every single day. Last year was the first time that my parents got the influenza vaccine. After me telling them for years to get it, I understand how it's an uphill battle to communicate across the importance of things like this. Sorry, mom and dad, for throwing you under the bus. But Dr. Carol Tan is here to help us understand why that is so important. She's a geriatrician based at the Good Life Medical Center at Mount Alvernia. Dr. Tan, it's so good to see you back in the studio. Hi there. Oh, it's lovely to meet you again. Yes, indeed. Now, we talked so many times during the COVID pandemic you and uh, your colleagues went door to door speaking to people about the COVID vaccination, for example. And for years, as I said, I've been talking about vaccinations, but people, like a few, only a few people, like 5, 10, 15, 20% of people were taking it. It's not a mass thing. Is that at least one silver lining of the COVID pandemic that at least more people maybe became aware of the importance and power of vaccination? Yes, indeed. I mean, we were running at about 10 to 15% for influenza vaccines, and that's mainly those who go for it repeatedly. But there are a lot of uh, fallacies or misbeliefs about influenza vaccination, for example. I only go for my influenza vaccination if I want to travel. Right. But the trouble is, this is Singapore. We have travellers coming in as well, and the flu vaccine is already with us. Another one is, oh, I'm well. Why should I get an injection that will give me a fever? Now, that one has been the, the blessing of COVID is now everybody knows what's a vaccine. And everybody expects that, yes, you get an injection. You might get a little bit of pain, but it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So I have been running mobile or community charity vaccinations. Uh, I do it in Pai Leba, and we try and make it free. And we still couldn't get people to come forward. Even though it's free, even though it's right yeah, there at the doorstep. Zero dollar right at your doorstep. And then COVID came. And then the government did a wonderful job. And the truth is, the one thing that did make the difference for vaccination is not us healthcare professionals. Mm. The government did a wonderful job. They went out door to door. The grassroots went out door to door and explained everybody, not about the science of vaccine, but about the science of prevention. Yes. That's the thing. Why are we zooming in today on influenza? Why now in 2023 is this the time to start talking about influenza? Because most people are still focused on COVID. I know. And don't think that influenza is a major issue. Although we've heard some numbers that at this point in time, just like in previous years, COVID um, influenza deaths still high. Oh, it was high even before. It was, wasn't it? Yes. For a lot of the vaccine preventable diseases, it was a very high cause of death. And also hospitalization. Pneumonia is number three cause of hospitalization. 
So the truth is, actually, this whole issue, and that's why I, I thank you for the chance for for supporting us mm. all these years, Daniel, because you do a better job than a lot of <laughs> us in educating the public in, and not just education, empowering. Making it simple. If I told you there's this word called immunosenescence, how many syllables is that? True. It basically means that the older person has lower immunity. So he needs the extra help. The young one will survive influenza. The, your granny and grandpa may not. And if they have high blood pressure, diabetes, kidney failure, cancer, that little influenza virus may tip them over. So that's the thing. Here's what's confusing me as well, Dr. Tan. We've always had fairly high rates of influenza deaths around the world and in Singapore. We've always had the vaccine. It's been around for a very long time. Why, why is it taking until now to figure out? I mean, we're not there yet in any way near those numbers. COVID vaccination numbers, great, fantastic. Yep. We've hit those targets. Something like influenza, which still kills hundreds of thousands of people. No, we're not there at all close. As a country and as a people, we haven't had this whole history of adult vaccination. If you go ah. to countries like UK, it's routine. Yeah? But we you, all get vaccinated at birth. We're so used to it. Exactly. So people think, I got vaccinated at birth. It will last. But they don't realize that we are now all living longer. Mm. And this whole issue of comorbidity, high blood pressure, diabetes, and all these things, which will affect our immunity, it will naturally wane. And that's another blessing of COVID. Now, everybody knows that you need boosters. Where before, there was this perception that if you got something when you were six months old, yes. it will last you until the end of time. Yes. But now we understand that immunity wanes, you need your regular boosters. This does apply to something like influenza in particular. There are two that are released every year, correct? Yes, it's the two seasons. Um, yeah. So influenza, you need twice a year. Mm. And, and the great thing is we now even have vaccines with new technology that can last 10 years. Yeah. So one of the pneumococcal vaccines, PCV13, can last 10 years. Mm. The shingles vaccine can last more than 10 years. So... It's important to remember that. And what I found very helpful is, uh, besides COVID being a so-called blessing that mm. people now know about vaccines, I tell them, well, your son went for NS every year, right? He goes for reservists. It's the same thing. Your white blood cells are your soldiers. As you get older, you have fewer soldiers, but they need to go for training, right? So vaccines are retraining your soldiers to fight new enemies or to fight the old enemies. I've had whole shows about pneumococcal vaccine, about hepatitis vaccine, about all these other vaccines that can happen, but I always feel it's hard, it's great for people to listen to it, but how do we get them to actually go to the doctor and actually do it? What is that missing piece? How do we make that happen? The missing piece is the community mm. and the non-doctors and the non-nurses because the truth is, it's, it's not just Singaporeans, but I think a lot of people, you would listen to what your neighbour did. Yeah. And if your neighbor My went. My mom and dad didn't listen to me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, mom and dads don't listen to their children full stop. This is a global. It's a global I'm a geriatrician, so I know that as well. <laughs> but the reality is, when you're hesitant about something, if your neighbor goes and your neighbor comes back and says, hey, it's okay, and brings you along. And that's how it works. When I did my community vaccination, we struggled with the first maybe 100, say in a block of, uh, you know, five blocks of HDBs. Then when the local auntie came down and then she went back and told her neighbours, now she's the one who brings along her neighbours. She's the best ambassador? Yes. Because she did it? Yes. And she's one of us? Yes, exactly. Mm. And, and it, it doesn't help 
I mean, it helps a lot when actually you went through the COVID because it was almost compulsory for us. And then you said, oh, I survived it. Mm. And yeah, indeed. And people don't understand. It may not prevent the disease, but it certainly stops you from being hospitalized. Mm. And now it's even more critical. Our hospitals are chock-a-block full. We have an aging population. We need the beds for the cancer patients, for the upper who fell down and broke her hip. So one of the things I tell them is, yeah, of course, it's not, it may not prevent you getting it again, but it certainly will stop you ending up in a hospital bed. And people understand that. So we don't throw the signs at them. Yeah. We tell them, if you do this, maybe it'll cut down the risk of you being hospitalized. And they understand that. Everyone understands that yes. now. Because we've been through it. I did whole shows again on the lack of hospital beds, on yes. people having to delay uh, cancer treatments, yes. on people having to delay non-elective surgeries, even though a bone was broken, maybe, potentially. And people realize that, wow, we need those hospital beds for those that need it the most. Are you saying that vaccination can give us that key to do that? Yes, of course, because the key role of vaccination is not to 100% prevent. Everyone knows that now, yeah. right? But it's to reduce the risk of hospitalization. And I'm also, in that sense, look, anticipating the positive effect. I mean, in the sense, we just had our budget mm. and uh, DPM Minister Lawrence Wong did talk about the fact that GST has to go up because of healthcare costs, mm -hmm. right? All of us are, in that way, understanding the risk and the cost if we don't manage healthcare, if we don't do prevention, and if we have to keep building hospital beds. Mm. We now understand because directly our GST is going up, we will pay more. Yeah. I've been talking to Dr. Tan for over a decade on my shows and she knows the mantra of my show, which is take charge of your health. If you can prevent something, it's so much it's gonna be more life changing cost-effective and just better for your life and your family's life in the long run than dealing with it when it does emerge. We, we had you on my show about a year ago, worried about the end-of-year period when borders were opening and whether or not there was going to be a twindemic, whether we're going to see high rates of COVID as well as high rates of influenza. Borders have opened. People yep. are coming in and out. Are we seeing signs that, that high rates of both are coming? Not just science, it's here. Mm. The twindemic is here. Our influenza rates have doubled. Yeah? And now we have every single virus that we can pronounce. <laughs> RSV, influenza, para-influenza, everything is here. And we have to keep our borders open. Our rates were the lowest when we were all masked up, working from home, not going out, and the borders were closed. But e economically and socially, we can't sustain that. So if we want to go out, and I personally do hate masks, and I am in an industry where we have to wear it. If you want to don't wear masks, then vaccinate. If you want to go travelling, and if you want to go out and have a good time with your friends and have a meal, mask down, vaccinate. If you have a granny or a grandpa who are ill, who are frail, who have cancer, please vaccinate. You as a young person may survive it, but they may not, and you will, and you might pass it to them. And what we're saying is it doesn't just apply to covid yeah. There's a host of adult vaccines that we need to take advantage of and the take-up rates are still not there yet. Yeah. But I wonder, could it also be a matter of cost? Is the, vac is the idea of taking a vaccine too costly or expensive for the average person? Or they see it as not worth it? Yeah, when I, we talk about cost, and we always talk about the cost of the vaccine or the cost of the doctor giving the vaccine or the nurse, but we actually should be talking about the cost to the person and not only the elderly, it's the cost to the family. 
because the vaccine can be very cheap. Influenza is a very cheap, well, not cheap, but it's a low-cost vaccine. And sure, there is a cost to the doctor or the nurse giving it. But what about the daughter who has to take time off to bring grandma to the clinic? What about the bus or the taxi? Usually for seniors, it's taxi, right? Yeah. So we always have to talk about the cost to the families. So that's where the issue of accessibility. And in many countries, for example, you can get your vaccine when you go to go to the supermarket. Yeah, there's like a pharmacy in the supermarket. Or even yeah, you can, and some even have drive-through. Yeah. So the, there is a definite role for mass vaccination. It's safe now, right? We know mass vaccination. We all go to the CCs to get our COVID vaccine. I went to a secondary school to yes, get my exactly. Done. So let's do it now for influenza. Let's do it now for all the other vaccines that adults need, that seniors need, and let's make it easy for them. Let's not force them to always have to go to a clinic to get it. Let's f learn from the wonderful example that government did. Bring it close to the people. Make it easy. But you talked about how even when you were there running your drives before COVID, doorstep, free, still hard to get the conversion. Well, that's human behavior, isn't it? Yeah. We all need incentives. Yeah. We all need a reason. So in some countries, I'll you actually tell people, well, if you get your vaccine, uh, maybe your insurance company gives you a good behaviour bonus or a, a discount. Ah. So in first world countries, in some countries, that's what they do. The insurance companies who would otherwise have to fork up and pay for the hospitalisation are the ones that will send you, congratulations, uh, we've renewed your policy for one more year. Uh, would you like to go for your vaccine? This is a a discount voucher or whatever it mm. is and then when if you do that and you show proof that you've gone for your vaccination maybe we'll get a little bit of good behavior or maybe a little bit of a reward that's being done overseas we see yes that. it's routine in many countries it's called cost avoidance uh, so you see that's the thing if we're talking about the cost of like you said the whole cost of something taking the taxi going there maybe the 15 20 dollars to 70 dollars of the vaccine depending on the nature of the vaccine but long term this would prevent potentially the hospitalization, the, the, the risk aspect, the risk avoidance, your insurance premiums might benefit. There is cost savings and we can measure it. Yes, of course we can. You can measure it. There are countries that show that, that in countries without vac with a routine adult vaccination or even for specific vaccines, you can show cost avoidance. I want to you take a question or two before we continue with this idea of cost avoidance, Dr. Tan. Uh, we've got a WhatsApp from one of our listeners. They haven't left their name. And he brings up an interesting point. Uh, I'm in my 50s, and yes, I've heard about the influenza vaccine, but there are just too many different vaccines out there. I don't know which to take and when to take. And therefore, I end up not taking. I'm paraphrasing here as well. Thank you. That's a good comment. Like you said, there's a name for every virus that we're facing right now. Yeah. But there's also, so, like, pneumococcal. A lot of people took a long time to understand what that is. The hepatitis B, HPV, I've done that vaccine over and over again. For the shingles vaccine, we don't know what to take because there's just too many. And then the scheduling of it is different as well. Yes. I mean, indeed, it's very confusing. So I always tell my patients, and I, and I think government has produced a, a wonderful program. It was, I think, launched in 2018, which is called National Adult Vaccination Schedule. So it basically tells you what you should have as basic. Yeah? So which is influenza at least minimum once a year, not twice a year. Mm. And a pneumococcal, which is... Uh, so, basically, you don't have to remember. Mm. Yeah, You just go and find somebody, uh, for example, your doctor, and talk to it. And I just finished a talk for a group of GPs. And I told them, when you write your prescription 
for the doctor patient to get his high blood pressure or his diabetes medication. Mm. Please don't forget to write a prescription for vaccines. Should we prescribe vaccines? Of course we should. Do we can we do that? No, in many countries, the vaccine prescription is as routine as picking up your diabetes medication. It's just for us as doctors, and I'll be the first to admit it, we don't have time. So in many countries, it's actually not the doctor who does it. When I run my mobile clinic, it's my nurse who persuades. And I've trained a whole lot of lay people to actually understand. And, and they actually explain it. And we love videos. This is the digital age, right? Mm-hmm. We play a lot of videos on vaccination. And that's the way to communicate. Don't depend on your doctor. He doesn't have the time often. And it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. One of our listeners, what's happening across? You like the fact that you've got an SMS reminder that has told you about getting something like your influence vaccine. And you were surprised about that because you thought it was only for something like COVID. So during this period, I, I got my, I was waiting for my SMS to go for my first booster for example, and it was a very timely and useful reminder. It's like, okay, time to go. Um, also, I was waiting for my turn. I couldn't wait for my turn to go for the vaccine. So this person is saying that they get reminders to go for the influenza vaccine as well. Is that a national thing or is that because of his individual private clinic that he's going to? No, it's a national thing. And that's why Healthier SG is fantastic. It has basically upturned the whole way we look at health. It's not about doctors. It's not about clinics. It's actually about going down to the people and it's nothing as direct as an SMS. So the seniors are getting SMS to say, go to the nearest GP or go and find a flu vaccine. And they're coming to my mobile clinic and we love it because it's a way to reach out to every single person. So kudos to Healthier SG. I like the fact that also I can see my vaccination record in my app. Yes. For example, I know when I did it and how often and and I want to continue to I'm sure it's integrated into my health apps as well when it comes to things like that. I have to go and double check. Uh, let's take some more questions. 9631193. Okay, let's answer a few FAQs. We brought this up at the beginning of the show. This person says, I, I'm worried about taking the influenza vaccine because of side effects. I'm already old and I don't want to get the flu. We talked about this myth has been around for I, 15, 20, 30 years I've been talking about. Well, 15 years I've been talking about. Yes, all. indeed. And actually, the influenza vaccine has been around for many, many years. Yes. It's actually the side effects are minimal. Are you going to get the flu if you take the shot? Basically. You might get it, but you'll be definitely milder. Yeah. And, and the reality is, if you're worried about side effects, aren't you worried about side effects of yeah, literally getting the flu? And if you are elderly with high blood pressure, diabetes, the San Gao equivalent, the side effects are a bit, a lot more, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. What kind exactly. of vaccine is it? Let's remind people, live, attenuated, what are we dealing with here? Are you getting a form of the virus? Well, it's not really a form of the virus. And the truth is, for a lot of the vaccines, um, it's, it's the quality, the, the quality standards, otherwise known as auditability. Mm. And the interesting thing about the influenza vi- vaccines now is that they're adjuvanted. So that's the new thing now that we're all excited about. We all know that if I get shot with a vaccine and then I'm an older person, I may not get a, as good a response as a young. So the new innovation is now adjuvancy, where they add something a little extra mm. to make it more effective in the older person. So watch that space. It's coming. It's here. It's here. Yes. So this person asks, one or two per year, it gets confusing when you hear about the North and the South Hemisphere. Good point as well. You mentioned earlier on, at least one, and that's bet you don't need to take necessarily two. Well, the recommendations in previous years was twice, but this year, they've only said it once. But so the bare minimum, we always say it's once. And on the subject of confusing, um, we all love the adult vaccination registry. So I would literally 
uh, be so happy if any of my seniors know what vaccines they get. So what they do is they come to us in our mobile clinic and we check for them and we tell them what they're missing. So that's fine. You know, they come to us and say, I think I got injected. I don't know what I got injected with, but that's fine. Yes. There's no shame in that. Yes. Just find your friendly neighborhood healthcare or someone who can access it. Look at your own health hub, right? Yes. And just show it to someone and say, oh, because all the names are there. Yeah. So it's fine. Just get someone to read it for you. I do. I would love the idea of like one day, like going downstairs to the central and doing it in the the Guardian or the Watsons or the pharmacy yeah. doing in the supermarket yeah. or I mean just making it that regular I used to do this thing where I tell my listeners every year on my birthday I schedule all my health screenings and my health checks yeah. that's my gift to myself yes. that's the way I remember to do it and I, I think vaccination could be part of that I can cycle into that idea because some will require regular vaccination some 5, 10, 15 years yeah yeah. So at the final point, it sounds at the end of the day, Dr. Tan, that we need a little bit of a... Um, everybody needs to do their part here, it sounds like. Yes. And the truth is, we need to get out from my clinic. I mean, for me, I'm a doctor, right? I work in hospitals and a clinic. Yeah. We need to get out and we need to go down to the... We need to reach out to the people and do it together. Yeah. I mean... I'm a doctor. We we are not very good at communicating. We use a lot of gobble de goop for goodness sakes, immunosenescence. But the point is, we need to partner each other and we need to make the message simple yeah. and so that people will take action because mm. I can't force you to accept a vaccination. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Dr. Tan, thank you for coming out of your clinic hospital into my studio. I appreciate that. Thank you. Dr. Carol Tan here in the studio with me. Jerry Trishan from the Good Life Medical Center based at Mount Alvernia. I'm Daniel Martin. And like I said, I've been talking about it for 15, 16 years. I can't force you either to take one. You're going to decide it on your own. The more we talk about it, the more you ask questions, the more we learn about it, the more opportunities arise. That's what's going to make it so much easier for a lot of people. This has been Health Matters. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.